0: Triple M's Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Thanks to Makita XGT. The professional choice for cordless convenience, unmatched performance, innovation and power without limits. The Rush Hour. Gus Warland, Jude Bolton and Wendell Saylor. This is the Triple M Rush Rush Hour.
1: It's the Rush Hour with Gus Jude and Wendell. Follow us on socials at Rush Hour Triple M. And, boys, I am pumped for today's show. I have just crafted a former drinking game from the Swans' days into
2: something that our listeners can get involved with. Is this something to do with this um, Rubik's Cube, which has now got numbers on it? You couldn't... Budget up a couple of dice.
1: Well, the fact is, you can't have a fluffy dice in here because it doesn't make a sound for radio, mate. Oh, so okay. I can actually have it's I've I crafted like it. one out there, but it's
3: going to be running the gauntlet with our big listeners. prizes.
1: Well, absolutely. Our, our friends at Makita have got around us, oh, so nice. absolutely.
3: Dell, how you doing, man? How was your weekend? Oh, mate, yeah, I had a really good weekend. Obviously, you said at the cricket yesterday, yeah. the big fella. You're everywhere. I went to the cricket. It was great. Um, I was obviously on on the ghost on the on the harbour. It was a nice boat, a nice yeah. yacht. Um, and I just really, I really had a really good weekend, and uh, I really enjoyed myself. So. You look good with the
2: sailing crowd.
3: You fit in yeah. there very nicely well, for someone who can't swim, sail. Well, GP. Well, well, like I, you wouldn't want to
2: fall off. That's right. I'm a sailor by name and sailor by <laughs> nature. Yeah. Good win by the Aussies yesterday and, of course, tomorrow afternoon in Canberra for the third one-day international. So travelling down there tonight. My dad, big shout-out to him. He's going into hospital today. I'll see him tomorrow morning before that. So everyone, please, out there. And if you like the big fella above, whether you do or you don't, uh, fingers crossed for my old man who's going under the knife tomorrow. But boys, some good news coming again out of our premiere. Drones across Sydney. Motors will soon be monitored by more than 70 drones with the New South Wales government to deploy a fleet of unmanned aircraft over Sydney's clogged road network. And they'll also, this is what I love about it, if it is a bit chockers and there's an ambulance and stuff going on, they can actually send these drones in with... All the medical equipment that you may need to be able to oh, keep like someone a defib alive, defibs, all that sort of stuff. It's basically going to save us over $70 million in wow. travel time, $24 million in secondary instance, and $23 million in vehicle operating costs. So I love the fact that our premier is actually thinking outside of the box and coming up with ideas that are being used overseas. There's been plenty of case studies overseas saying this stuff works. We're a big city. Eyes in the yep. sky work, and if we've got technology, let's use it. How do you know if it's a
1: government drone versus someone well, up in
2: their backyard to a you on You don't. People? You don't? You don't. But the thing is, it's not going to be hovering over like, you know, your missus sunbaking in Lane Kobe. Oh. <laughs> We're talking about over major motorways and that sort of stuff. I reckon what it's a your winner. Why did mind go to that?
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, well yeah. I'm not sure why <laughs> my <laughs> mind went there so quickly as well. <laughs> um, but the, big shout out to your missus anyway. Yeah, do you think there's too much Big
2: Brother or do you think it's okay to improve? I reckon if you've got yeah. nothing to worry about, don't worry about Big Brother. I yeah, know people okay. will have an yeah. argument with that, but sure. at the end of the day, if it's saving a dough and it's going to get people out of accidents quicker and get in the support they need, I'm all for it, Jude. Time for this. Yeah, Peter Volandis has dropped a major hint that the Bears will return to the NRL... Tell your thoughts on this. It may not be exactly yeah. as Bear fans want at North Sydney Oval, but just having that Bears logo back in the NRL.
3: Oh, yeah, it's such a, an iconic uh, logo, the Bears. And, uh, you know, we had Greg Foramo in here mm. recently, and he's just he's so passionate. But the Bears fans, they love it, and I reckon this is a good move. So I reckon you'll probably see them either – I don't know where they relocate, but it, it, they could be out of Perth and you know, play some games here at North Sydney. at That Oval, can I say, mm. as a player – Mate, there was, that was a great ground to play in. Even that, but, even that middle bit with the centre yeah, wicket and everything. Yep, you you, you knew uh, it was going to be a the bit fans tough are so there. Close but though, it's yeah. just
2: the, the way it's uh, built. There is beautiful. Valandy's always says
1: that's the first thing people ask
3: him.
2: Yep. Yeah, when yep. the best come yeah. back. What about the Sydney Roosters? Their players will travel business class to Las Vegas, but arrive in first class conditions after choosing to fly on Boeing seven eight seven nine Dreamliner, which oh, is a ba- just a big beast in oh, the air, my. an <laughs> aeroplane which offers revolutionary lower an altitude, less turbulence, new filtration, better humidity and less fatigue. The other teams that are travelling are all going in a slightly different way. Yeah. It's about nine hours different. The Roosters will have less time in the air. Do you think that makes any difference to, you know, game day? Oh, look,
3: I don't think so personally. I think it's all attitude and it's all, you know, it's how you prep, you know that, Jude. Mm. So, look funny thing is the Roosters always get the, the rub of the green, you know, once again. Well, oh, no, I
2: mean, you, you could choose to do it yeah. this way, but the Broncos and Manly yeah. and South Sydney yes. have decided to go on As long as, as they way. get the points, they go. That's He's exactly right. right. Well, we don't start the season very well. I mean, the bloody Dolphins <laughs> beat us last year. That's right. Dell new Dragons coach Shane Flanagan was
1: very impressed with Manly's performance in their pre-season trial match.
3: Yeah, look, I think... Look, I don't read too much into um, trial matches. He was in Manly staff last year. He's not going to bag him, is he? No. He said they could win the comp. Yeah, yeah, look. He said they could win the comp. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think Manly can win the comp? No. Look, I think they've got a lot of improvement to do. I reckon they can be a top four side, but I don't know about winning
2: the comp. Turbo needs to play the majority of the matches for them to be in the top four. He does,
3: but also Luke Brooks has got a fire too there. That's going to be a bit of pressure on him and their forward pack. Their forward pack... They worry me a little bit. Like, I know they've got some good forwards, but you need someone really to stand up there in that forward pack. What about Brooks? Has he got more pressure on him at Manly with all the guns around him or what he had at the Tigers? No, he's, he's got less pressure. He'll, he'll yeah. just be able to go out there and play play football and play what he sees. Because DCE, is- take him around. You've got Tommy Turbo there. It's yeah. not too bad to most your team. Yeah.
1: Just on the Dragons, Cody Ramsey's been ruled out for oh. all of 2024. So shocking to see,
3: isn't it? I, I feel absolutely gutted for this young bloke. I remember when Tristan was down at the Dragons with him there and uh, I, I remember his debut. He scored two tries on debut and, you know, all, all the fans were going, look at this young kid. He's going to be at the club for the next 10 years. So, um, Cody Ramsey, this is, is- it's a tough one for a
2: young man. He's a, he's, they've done a good job, the club, haven't they? They're yep. looking after him and so forth. I hope that continues to happen. I know it's not a it's not a charity. It's, a club has to be run as a business, but this young kid deserved to be supported. It, it's not ideal, but, yeah, his headspace, he wouldn't be in a great headspace because,
3: you know, the highs of being in the rugby league and mm. sport, you know, he scored a couple of tries and the, the Red V
2: fans loved him. So uh, all the best to Cody Ramsey. And good on the Dragons for yeah. doing what they're doing. Um, what about the way-too-early Origin lineups? It came across my desk Boys, so this I thought I'd just throw early. it out there. Let's not worry about the Queenslanders because they've just pretty much rolled out the same 17 that did really well last time around. But let's focus on the New South Wales side. Mitch Moses at the number six position. Do you see him playing six in Origin one, Dell? Yeah, I like Mitch Moses.
3: I'm not sure whether it's him or Cody Walker. Mate, I just, I don't know, why, why wouldn't you pick Cody Walker after what he did in the third game last year, yeah. you know? Yeah, well, People, I'm surprised.
2: I think yeah. Cody Walker deserves that yeah.
3: spot. People go straight to Mitch Moses, which I'm a fan of Mitch Moses, but I, I like Cody Walker and I like what he didn't. I thought we were going to be clean and sweet, but, you know, he was on fire, Cody he Walker, in that third Origin, even though the pressure was off because we already won the series. All right, mate.
1: <laughs> Nico Hines at 14 and uh, Damien Cook at uh, Hooker. What do you see, mate? Yeah.
3: Yeah, look, I think, look, an ideal number 14 for me, if he comes out uh, back to it, um, Jack Whiten. Jack Whiten is a perfect number 14. He's a perfect origin player. And if Madge gets his man, I reckon he'll be back in the 14 jersey. Okay, what about
2: nine though, Cook
3: or Appy? Okay, uh, I'd go to Damien Cook. Appy's a good player and uh, you, could, you, you could use both of those guys if Whiten doesn't play. But I, I just like the way that he plays um, Cook.
2: Yeah. Don't what hate. about yeah. this? Where did you get stuck? 133353. Three. Um, wow, this kid. Wild footage has emerged showing the moment a young child was rescued after he became stuck in one of those claw machines in a pursuit of a plush prize. So, you know, those claws that come down and it. <laughs> catches exactly where you want it to go, yeah. then it sort of loosely, lamely just sort of lets it go. Don't they put, like, the the Vaseline absolute, on it so it doesn't ri- pick it up? Absolute <laughs> rip-offs. The only person to ever win that is the bloke who, you know, someone That's who right. knows the owner that says, says, I'll make sure you win this time in front of everyone. So this kid's climbed in there. He's climbed in. So it was, there was a lot of really big prizes to be won. So the bit for him to climb in was huge. Like they had huge big teddy bears and stuff in there, right? So he sort of... Went in, shimmied his way in, found the prize that he wanted. His mum and dad are looking around, and there he is the other side with oh. glass between there, and the cops come, and everyone's laughing. It's so good. And they spent a couple hundred
1: it. bucks to get him out of there, like just trying no, to No, I think up. they
2: tried to leave him. I think they were actually going for the, uh, the mobile phone cover, yeah. but uh, ended up with this kid. So footage has been shared. We've got it on our socials, so um, it just got us thinking have you ever had your kids stuck somewhere? I remember going to a pub in Oxfordshire once. It was this beautiful pub, had this pine tree in the backyard, the, uh, the backyard, the beer garden, and a whole lot of families were there. So we ordered the kids' meals for the kids, you know, nuggets, lemonades, that sort of stuff. They all arrived. Every every kid is sitting in front of their nuggets and lemonade, except Ella. Our daughter, number two child, who now lives in England. But she was about five or six at the time. And we go, oh, kids, do you know where Ella is? Because, we, you know, we're on the yeah. beers. we had not really taking much notice. <laughs> and one boy goes, oh, yeah, I saw her climb in the tree. Oh, and we're like, oh, Ella, God. Ella. And from the top of the climb, wow. it would have been She's 25 right metres made, honestly. Hi, and no problem at all. No, Not scared at all. She then shimmied away down, but it's like, oh, my, oh my God. God yeah. And, of course, I'm, I'm blaming Vicky. Vicky's blaming me. Our child could fall <laughs> out of a tree. So that's how easy and quickly it can happen.
1: I had it with one of our daughters. There's an um, abseiling place just in North Sydney, and they, they've got this section where you can actually just go climbing under really dark little tunnels as well. So you oh, everyone else's... They're caving. The yeah, so, but like... These kids sort of just go through, and she freaked out halfway through. So I've had to get in there with the mobile phone, at least get a bit of light on to see, because oh, it's pitch black. Yeah, yeah, She's freaking out in there. like, And all I could hear is the voice. She's stuck in is there. Is it set
2: for you, a person of your size? Well, yeah, but it's super tight. tight. Yeah,
1: yeah. Super tight. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: But they're the sort of stories we want. So get good. involved in the show, One triple three five three. Where did your
2: kids that get stuck? Let's go to Stephen. G'day, Steve. Where did your kid get stuck?
0: Hey, boys.
2: G'day, um, mate. So Christmas a number of years ago, me, me nine-year-old
4: and the rest of my kids and, and uh, nephews were all playing hide-and-seek at one of our aunties, big massive places down south. And, well, my son decided because his younger sister was playing in one of these doll dollhouses uh, that uh, he thought well, while they are playing hide-and-seek, he'd be able to fit in there too. Smart. <laughs>
3: Smart. How long was he there for? <laughs>
4: Well, he was nine years old
2: at the time, so you imagine a nine-year-old boy. Well, he wasn't overly big, but he, he, he fitted in there, arms and that down the staircase and the legs down in the bathroom,
4: but um, locked himself in, oh. and no one had seen him for about four hours, so he on <laughs>
1: Brilliant, Steve. let's go to Amanda. Hi, hey, Amanda.
5: Oh, hello, guys. How are you going? Not Good, too thank bad.
1: you. Uh, where did your kid get stuck?
5: It was my niece. Um, it was it was before I had children, and my sister-in-law asked me and my boyfriend to babysit, and they said. Please, if she's if she cries, just let her sleep. Don't go in there. Just she'll settle down. And she cried for about an hour, hour and a half. And she would have been about eighteen months old. And by the, oh, I just couldn't take it anymore. I said, we really need to go in. And we walked in, and she was stuck between the bed head and the wall. Oh no! <laughs> the old, not on my watch, Amanda. So... <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, we got her out, and she was fine, but she must have been so traumatised. Oh, no. and, yeah. and I just had no experience with kids, and I, so I did what I was told, and yeah. yeah.
3: We've all been there this way, Amanda. you, mind, Manda. Manda. you you've got to do better. Oh,
1: but, uh, let do
5: okay,
3: let's go. Andrew there from Waterloo, how are you going?
5: Hey, guys, how are you? Good,
4: Andrew. Where did your kid get stuck? Uh, it was actually me. So when I was about three and a half to four years old, I love to climb anything and jump off stuff. And I climbed up a telegraph pole with the um, sporting lights. Oh, yeah. And got stuck up the top and the fire brigade had to come and get me down.
2: <laughs> how long were you up there for?
4: But, uh, uh, I don't know how long it was, but I, I used to love to jump off stuff to the point where I had a lot of hospital trips, to the point where docs actually hospital actually called docks oh, to, wow. to say... This guy's
3: been
2: in the hospital that many bloody times. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> a, no meeting drama meeting, at all, Andrew. Any climbing equipment. Let's, Let's go to Sky finish it off. G'day, Sky.
5: Hi, how's it all going? Yeah, good, we're good. Where did the kid get stuck? Um, Underneath the house. So we have um just small pillars underneath, um, but because of land slope, one side's really high and the other side's really short and close to the ground, mm. so... The kids are naturally out there playing hide-and-seek, you know. I've got my twin three-year-olds and my four-year-old, and next thing you just hear a god-awful scream, and the, the eldest one's come running in, and he's, Levi's head stuck under the house. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> go out there. And he's literally pinned underneath, right where the shortest part is, right oh, near the no. back door, and no. every time you'd walk, it would push further on his head, which was pinned. So then we had to get the SES in. and Oh, no. It was scary, but then it was like, that is the stupidest thing you could have done, son. <sighs> yeah. So there's a big opened end at the other end of the house. What are you doing?
2: It's a great story for his 20, for, for the 21st birthday or the 18th oh, definitely. birthday for And for, for his sure. twin
5: sister, she always brings it up and he's like, oh, no, just be quiet. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Thank you, you so much next guest is the kind of bloke you never invite to a party, because he makes the rest of us look really bad. He's a comedian, children's author, been Cleo Bachelor of the Year, commentated the cricket on Triple M, and at one point had a radio show called Hamish and Andy. But don't let his lack of job stability fool you. He's actually a really rich guy. I mean professional guy. And we're happy to welcome to the Rush Hour Andy Lee. Yeah,
2: and of course The Hunter with Andy Lee starts (laughs) (laughs) tomorrow night at 9pm on 9 and and 9 now. Andy, welcome. Welcome to the show once again, mate.
6: Hello, Gus. Hello, Jude. Hello, will hey, makes mate. He'll make me giggle that opener.
2: Um, How much are you enjoying is, the 100 this time around, brother?
6: Oh, mate, so much fun. Um, mainly from what I learned about Sophie Monk. Uh, the, <laughs> oh. the, the, question, the question was, as you'll see this on tomorrow night's show, the question, we've got a new segment called This or That, where we throw just two things at Australia and see what they prefer. It could be Friends or Seinfeld. It could be, right. you know, when it comes to hot chips, KFC or McDonald's.
0: Mm.
6: Um, I wasn't game to do Hamish or Andy because you don't <laughs> want to see you don't want to see me crying <laughs> on, in my, in the middle of my own show. Yeah. <laughs> but
5: yeah.
6: but uh, we, we we said dogs or children. What do the Australians prefer, dogs or children? And then Sophie wrote dogs in an apostrophe s. Oh
2: wow!
6: And I said it's no need for the apostrophe. <laughs> and she said yeah yeah no it is because it's plural. And oh. then the next five minutes is. Tom Gleeson explaining that he's from the ABC, so he's actually best suited <laughs> to explain where an apostrophe should, should go. Man, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's so
2: good. Just, but, just yeah. in answering those questions, though, I'd say Macca's Chips. I'd say Seinfeld. What about you two? Uh, dogs. <laughs> <laughs>
6: <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: and Seinfeld. Yeah. What about you?
3: Dogs <laughs> and Seinfeld. you, yeah. Well,
6: guess, guess what? Y- you're wrong. Friends oh. came up much oh, stronger yeah. oh. than Seinfeld, and KFC Chips 71% over well, Mac. That's an outrage. Yeah. That's an absolute <laughs> outrage. I know what's oh, going geez. on at Channel 9. Andy, who else? Okay, I? I'll, yeah. I'll throw another one at you then. Yeah. yeah. Mum or Dad. Do Australians prefer Mum or Dad? Mum. Mum, mum every day mum. of the week. every day of the week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you guys are back on the song. 67%. <laughs> <Hey> there <laughs> we go. Wait,
3: come on, mate. got to tell us who's some of the famous faces that are going to be on the show.
6: Well, Andrew Gaze is is coming up to Face the 100. For those who haven't seen the show, I've got a segment called Face the 100. We've got 100 people that represent a cross-section of Australia on on the screen, and I bring out a a celebrity guest, but I don't introduce them, and I ask the 100, do you recognise this person? and it's the worst 14 seconds for every celebrity that comes on to find out just how well-known they are. I'll tell you what, Chris Pine got a rude, rude
5: shot. <laughs> oh!
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but Chris Pine, Angie Kent, who is a bachelorette and box star, she's on our Valentine's Day special next week because she was on The Bachelorette, and um, her and Sophie, Compared notes of, uh, on the guys that they got dished up there, the, the man menu that they had to, to to peruse through, and they didn't really want anything on the menu as it turned out, both of them. Which <laughs> happens in most of these dating shows. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Gazy, um yeah, there's plenty of plenty of famous faces coming up.
1: Andy, and away from the the hundred, you and Beck have taken on a, a renovation project worthy of the block, haven't you?
6: Well, jeez, I think I'm going to need some of the, um, or some of the. A weird and, and and wonderful integration of advertisements in the middle of their shows to fund my to fund my renovation. Yeah, it's the
1: undertaking. To, it's huge, isn't it?
6: Yeah, I mean, it's it's the house is eighteen seventy six. Um, it's got no electricity, no running water, and um, grass growing through it. And uh, the most recent thing that happened is the ceiling fell in uh, due to <laughs> <Nice>. rain. So <laughs> right.
1: I've
6: got a, I've got a little bit of work to do. Although there's no way I'll be on the tools, but. I bet I can assure you this that I will pose with tools for my Instagram. <laughs> yeah, um, beautiful, and, and and certainly take as much credit as possible. Too. Yeah,
3: hey, anyway, well, you know that you're a, a cricket tragic like Jude and I, yep. and obviously Gussie. Gussie loves it. What about Gussie my Brisbane? Loves it. What about my Brisbane heat? Your your Melbourne stars, ordinary effort. How, how good were the heat, <laughs> oh, mate? How good were the heat, mate? <laughs> oh,
6: the the heat were. Bloody exceptional, to be honest. They were, they were, they were that good. And um, and and and, and Nessa or Nita, however yeah, he wants to pronounce Nisa. it, um, <laughs> she's been impressive. Just mm. all like bat, ball, and the fielding. Fielding was was awesome. So yeah, I I, I was pretty wrapped for them actually because they played so well throughout the season, and they and they deserved it. But they were they were clinical. Cool. Um, yeah, a shame. My, my stars need to kind of, yeah, mm. maybe have a few more training sessions. <laughs> <laughs> well, we
1: love the yeah. show, showboat. The 100 with Andy Lee starts tomorrow night at 9pm on 9 and 9 now. Andy Lee, thanks for joining us, mate.
6: On you, lads. Good to chat. Good, Good on awesome.
1: you, So much sport to get to.
2: Yeah, and of course, heartache for the Socceroos. Lost 2-1 in their quarterfinal against Korea Republic. They were leading six minutes into injury time before the equaliser then got uh, done in extra yeah. time. That was a bit of a shocker. Mm. Cricket men's beat the West Indies. The women's smashed South Africa. And England at the moment against India, they are five down for 194. So... Still needing more chasing? than 250. Yeah. So Stokes has just come to the crease. Bearstow is 26, not out. So hopefully India will win that test match. And that test is a cracker. Yeah. Should be one. all. what about this? Hamilton to join Ferrari. Your man in 2025. So one more year mm. with Mercedes, then he takes over. He'll look really good in that red.
3: Oh, I'm just happy. Sometimes you just need a change, you know. He, he set a standard for a long time, and the last 12, 18 months probably hasn't been his best. But just, he's just such an icon. The way that he that drives, the way that he's you know, his style, I love him and hopefully he does a really good job. The eyeballs that he had on yeah.
1: the Mercedes brand during all of his winning championships, oh, yeah. and that, it's just been phenomenal what be he's done to that team. Yeah. And, and I now, reckon,
2: Jude, he needed that to stay on. Otherwise, he would have retired. I he think needed so. to feel like he's going to Ferrari, which is what he's always wanted to do. What about the 2026 FIFA World Cup final? It's going to be hosted at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. Wow. Cracking stadium. Beautiful. Cracking. You've been there? Uh, no. No, have no, you been I'm there? I have. I've watched. I've yeah. watched NFL Six down there. Below, isn't it? Oh, it's absolutely <laughs> fantastic. So it's 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 a really really lovely stadium. So that should be a crack in the EPL. Oh, don't worry about that. Oh,
1: Arsenal got the job done. Three-one oh. versus Liverpool what? and sits second on the ladder. Yeah, this Liverpool. is huge for the table. The it standings. Is.
2: It is Liverpool still lead. Man City, however, two games in hand. If they win those, they'll be leading by a point. So yes. all you really did was hand it to Man City, and so. it was a
1: debacle. The second. game. Goal for uh, for Arsenal with Van Dyke and Allison, who's come out the from the best keeper. two
2: players in the in the world in their positions. What about fake. the AFL pre season, that's come out. Well, obviously we're focusing a bit on Vegas, but what's yeah. happening with the Swannies and the Giants? Yeah, Swans have had a
1: bit of a scratch match. They've been on a, uh, a community camp up at Coffs Harbour. Brody Grundy looked superb the other day, but they've got some challenges around, or not challenges. They've got some worrying things to work out. Who's going to be the right mix in the in the midfield? Because they've got Taylor Adams through there, Chad Warner, James Robottom, Errol, and those types. So they've got some youngsters coming along like Matt Roberts as well and the Giants well Adam Kingsley is sort of beating down after 12 months of you know, getting the foundation he of the did game a great plan great job last year unbelievable absolutely yeah. so they're going to continue that exciting brand of footy they've just been in the Blue Mountains they've been abseiling and the like yeah, uh, two good. teams the Swans and the Giants take each other on on the 22nd of this month in a match sim so it's going to be ready to roll
2: and we obviously have the AFL with you all season which should be a cracker what about the enhanced games I know we'll talk about a little oh, bit later oh. in the week this basically is an idea by an Australian bloke called uh, Aaron D'Souza. He wants to, in December 2024, juice them up, every athlete, no drug testing, see what you can put in your body, see how fast you can go, see how high you can jump. Let's just have a crack. It's basically the Olympics without drug testing. I hate it. No,
3: I'm off, I hate it. no that's not what sport's about, no. What so, do you mean? Sport's it, about fairness. Yeah, it's fairness. And what, what are we teaching our kids next generation? No, but if you, well, oh, once said, you bring the kids and the next generation uh, in, then it spoils the argument. I'm just saying, mate, that's how I feel. Don't like. you
2: just want to juice someone up and see how fast <laughs> they can no, run? No. no, Can you run 8.9 <laughs> seconds fully because, juiced? Because if we do that. That heart
3: pumping? Because if we do that, then the next generation of kids thinks, it, thinks it's okay to juice up.
2: No. <laughs> <That laughs> you disappo- down. The I, re- I, I thought I'd get one of you to support me. Yeah. No, no. That's, well, that's the end of the sports all in there. <laughs> I've had a minute's <laughs> worth of arguing with you clowns. That's dumb.
0: <laughs> The rush hours. Run the gauntlet. Oh, now, lads, this that's is a big.
1: Good we, solid do, we do this all thanks <laughs> to Makita XGT, the professional choice for cordless convenience, unmatched spot, performance, sir? innovation, and power without limits. Absolutely, there's prizes on the line for running the gauntlet. Now we get we've got, we got very some very good listeners start, on the line. We've got Ed from Padstow joining us. Ed, are you on the line? Yeah, mate. How are you, mate? So we are going to roll the dice that is in Gus Wallen's hand to get a first starting number.
2: A Rubik's cube with numbers on it. We
1: are going to get his first starting number, and then Ed is going to say higher or lower from the number that is rolled. Let's get the starting number for Ed. Okay, I'm going to roll this Ed. There's a Makita merch pack. Oh, it's six. The perfect starting starting number. So, Ed, the way it rolls is you've got to call higher or lower. Obviously, it's a six to get the Makita merch pack. If you hit the post, if you hit a six, you're out and you're off the line. Oh. All right? So let's go. Let's go to Ed. What are you going to do? Higher or lower from a six, mate? Got to be lower. Oh. Yes, okay. fantastic. All it's right, a he's got the five. You get the Makita merch pack to start. Now you're on five. You are on to your second level of the gauntlet, which is now the double pass to the Madam Webb starring Dakota Johnson. Higher or lower than a five, Ed? Lower. Let's go lower. Come on, Gussie. He's hit oh, a six. Oh, I'm sorry. Bang Ed. Up. Ed, you oh. get the Makita merch pack and you're off. We're gonna go to Darren. Darren, you are playing for the double pass to Madam Web and Madam Webb, starring Dakota Johnson. Higher or lower than six, Darren? Lower. Let's go lower. Gussie, he's hit the post. He's hit the six. <laughs> sorry,
3: Des. Darren's out. Oh, oh my god, you oh, are. <laughs> I'm sorry, a-
1: Darren. <laughs> okay, we are on to the final one. No. Jim. Jim, here we go. Higher or lower for the level three, and now it's even gone up more so. We've got the slash double pass, live and incubus double pass. Higher or lower for the six? Lower. Come on, Gussie. Give us something. What is it? Two. It's a two, it mate. A two. You've got yeah, it. Guffin. You've got that one. <laughs> Fantastic work, mate. We will get those tickets out. You've got Slash, Double Pass, Live, and Incubus, Double Pass as
2: well.
3: I like it. The that running the gone. gauntlet. Not bad, not Fantastic, bad. Fantastic, That's mate. not bad. I didn't good. mind. It. So hey. when
2: you did it at the Swanies, you were yeah. pretty drunk, right? There, <laughs> was, there was probably a couple of schooners in front.
1: Oh, and it was, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll ah. tell you what, you run the gauntlet once and you just pay for it. I bet shock you do, me. yeah. Right. Are we going to do that every week now? We week, yeah. do it every week. Join us in
2: tomorrow as well. Nice. Absolutely. Okay. Boys, want to talk about this. Lionel Messi, obviously one of the greatest footballers of all time, a napkin which at a lunch with the agents, which detailed the Argentines' first Barcelona contract, has been auctioned off. Right. Yeah, yep. Guess how much they got for it. It's a napkin which is basically saying Lionel Messi Barcelona couple of year deal. What do you reckon?
1: Mm. Five grand. So what did it go for?
2: Five hundred and twenty-eight thousand, just what? over half That's a million crazy. dollars. So, half a mil. basically, Scott has basically scrawled on a napkin when he was twelve years old. By the way, this is not when he actually made it. It's a twelve-year-old just to sort of say, "Hey, we want you to come to Barcelona." Got us thinking about the crazy money that people spend mm. at auctions, and especially after you run the gauntlet, after you've had a few <laughs> beers and stuff. So, give us a call one triple three five three on your sporting lunches or your big dinners where you've got hold of something and you've gone. What did I spend that money on? I'm going to dub my
1: wife in. She she oh. had a uh, a long lunch and it was brave, some charity you? lunch or something like that oh. she, that she went to. And so she goes, oh, I I ended up buying something there uh, a little bit earlier. And I said, what did you get? Like she, she's basically got in the Uber to get home. Yeah. And she goes, can you come out and – Collected for me, and like it's out in the car. I can't quite get it out of the car. She'd bought this painting of an elephant, like it would have been as good as a kid's painting, like a finger painting sort of stuff of an elephant. She got caught up in the moment, it was massive. (laughs) And in the end, it's like just hanging somewhere in my kid's room. But it's like, what at At least it's hanging? I
2: I bought something, I bought something at a lunch, it was actually for um, setting up. Mobile schools in villages in India, right? Oh, great so, I was, course, great, great course, course got You're all caught in. up with it. I'm all in, right? So, there's a fin- finger painting. So, basically, if you get a kid, puts his hand in red paint, yep. and then puts his hand on a white canvas, oh, yeah. and then another kid gets green paint, and then another one gets blue paint, and another one gets yellow paint, you can imagine, right? It gets about six by six. Just all these different hands of kids—big, big hands, little hands, so forth. I spent six and a half. So you put your hand dollars. up. <laughs> I literally, oh, I mate. got caught up in the moment. Imagine, imagine it's ego spent... stuff for you, though. It, I reckon it is. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> Excuse me, from my heart. No, but sometimes I have been caught up yep. at times like that, and when I've been emceed. I know there's some people out there that want to ego purchase, and you use that to make sure you get as much money as possible for the charity.
1: Yeah, I know, Gussie gets tries to get the early dents yeah, yeah. in, and like, sometimes
2: you get caught, don't yeah, you? Yeah? You do, you do. I like the early I've I've spent thousands on Wallaby jerseys, which, of, which of course. are literally now sitting, I don't even know where they are. I'd oh, give them away. That'd be worth plenty, wouldn't they? I don't think so. So they're the type of stories that
3: we're <laughs> yeah,
1: after. Absolutely. Give us a call, one triple three five three. What did you buy under the influence? Jeff? g'day. Jeff. welcome to the show, mate.
4: Hey mate, how are you? Yeah, we're good. Enjoy your show. Listen to it every afternoon on the way home from work. No, good on you, thanks, thanks Jeff. Jeff. I was involved with a junior club out Penrith. Mm-hmm. A couple, couple of young boys were involved in a chorus, so so we had a massive fundraiser for him. Mm, for yeah. one of them, um, I donated a football jumper. Nice. A, then I was sitting on a table at ten. I got half terps, and I bought the thing back again.
3: You yeah. bought <laughs> the thing. You donated. That's so good.
1: Brilliant, Jeff. Let's go to Kathy. How are you, Kathy? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Really well, really well. Where, uh, what did you buy under the influence?
5: Uh, we're at our junior league uh, trivia night, annual trivia night for a fundraiser, yeah. and we bought a Stephen Bradbury print. The guy, you know, the speed skater that yeah. yeah. crossed the line after everybody else crashed. Yeah, I think it was about three hundred bucks. We're lucky to get like dollars for
1: it
0: now. Oh, oh,
3: that's a bit nice. harsh. We love Stephen. First, first, oh. first <laughs> winter Olympic gold. Incredible. Yeah, exactly. Let's go to Pete. Pete, how are you going, mate? <laughs> oh. Yeah, good. Mate, tell <laughs> us, mate, what did you buy under the influence?
5: Oh, I didn't buy it. I was at an auction for a preschool in Hunters Hill. It was about 20 years ago. Um, they were had, like Gus was talking about, the, the paintings of the kids. Yeah. One of them was $35,000. A kid's painting? Table. A kid's painting, 35 grand. They were hoping to raise about 10 grand on the night <gasps> to get a shade sale. I think they put air conditioning and rebuilt the whole building.
2: Oh, <laughs> I mean, Hunter's Hill was probably yeah. the giveaway. Yeah. Was it a kindergarten K. in Hunter's Hill? That's 35 crazy. K. Some grandma and granddad go, oh, you got to have that. <laughs> Let's go to Adam. Finish it off for us, Adam. Uh, what did you buy when you are under the influence?
4: Uh, hey, guys. Great mate of mine. Had way too many beers at a stockbroker's lunch in Sydney, and yeah. he spent 25 grand on a... Uh, a box at the races at Royal Ascot. And he started texting us all saying, get your passports out, boys. We're going to the races in the UK. Yeah. You know, he, when he went to collect it, he realised it was Ascot Race Course in Brisbane. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. Outstanding.
1: Oh, great, Adam. There's so hey, many cool. incredible yeah, calls. Our the best. Of team. Oh, I love them. It's the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell and now time to talk to this legend.
0: Our next guest is a former Australian cricketing legend. He played in 59 test matches, 190 ODIs and 58 T20 games. He's one of two players to score a century and take a hat-trick in the IPL. He's a two-time Alan Medal winner. He was named Australia's Test Player of the Year in 2011. I'd also like to add that he took the first catch in Sid's infamous hat-trick at the Gabba, so that couldn't have happened without (laughs) him. It stays in those hands. Shane Watson is the man at slip... Please welcome to the Rush Hour, Shane Watson.
2: And boys, I can possibly say that we haven't replaced him yet properly in the Australian cricket team, even though they've had success. This man is irreplaceable so far, and we've got him on the line right now. Watto, good afternoon to you. Good
4: afternoon. Very kind. (laughs) kind. You're very kind. You are too (laughs) modest to take
2: that on, I know. Shane Watson, (laughs) The Winner's Mindset, available now at all good bookstores. We spoke to you when the book first came out, um, but there's a new chapter, Watto, so please tell us all about that.
4: Yeah, there is this uh, new edition, which has been um, very kind from Huff. uh, for HarperCollins to partner with me to be able to just get the, get it out there to, to more people. This uh, revised edition has got an extra chapter at the end, which is 10, uh, 10 case studies of me um, defining and really just digging deeper into conversations that I had with 10 legends on my podcast, Lessons Learned with the Greats. Um, and so I just dissect what they talk about, the skills that they use when they played. So someone like Saviv Richards, Ricky Ponting, Matt Hayden... Brett Lee, um, a, few, a few of those guys are the ones that I sort of dissect. So it just provides a bit more context as well into exactly what the best cricketers did and why they did it and why it was so effective for them.
1: Shane, the mental side of any sport, I mean confidence and being able to find your form when you're out of it and the like, what has what this sort of taught you going through this process and, and speaking to some of those greats as well?
4: Oh gosh, it's, it's all about really educating yourself is on the right information. And it's mm. it's very hard to dissect a lot of uh, the information that's out there at times because it's it can be very complicated. It seems like at times you need a psychology degree to be able to actually understand how to implement it into your own performances. But when, um, you know, we've been very lucky to have been educated on this information, there's really simple information. And really what it comes down to is understanding with your own mind what are the things that you absolutely can control. And then taking that control and directing your thoughts to the right things at the right time to be able to bring the very best version of yourself. So you can access all those skills that are so deeply ingrained. When you have that that right mindset, when we all know when you've got the wrong mindset, then you get in your own way, you mentally sabotage your own performances. And then all those skills that are so deeply ingrained, it's just so hard for them to be able to surface, if not to a point where you feel like you've lost your skill. Mm. What
3: I think about you is you've always been a winner, mate. You've had to work really hard on that and always enjoyed watch, watching you play. What about someone like Maxwell? He's such a maverick. We love the way that he plays, but sometimes they can get him in a bit of trouble. It can.
4: <laughs> That's for sure. He, he certainly is someone to take the game on at all in all aspects. Mm. Um, and the biggest thing with Glenn Maxwell, one, you always want him to play his absolutely natural game because he's got – ridiculous skill that uh, he's one of a few people who've got that skill in the world of the game of cricket so but it's also then just lining it up to what's the highest percentage as well because you don't necessarily have to take ridiculous risks all the time even though some of the things he does it's high risk for everyone else in the world but not as much for him but that's where if you're working with Glenn Maxwell it's about just dialing down the risk at times when he doesn't really need to and then to and get to a point where you can't really move that much and just stand there and smash them over the fence like you did in that World Cup game.
1: What about the importance of, uh, I guess, good coaching as well? What in terms of performance and that winners' mindset and how important coaching is in the cricket side? You look at Andrew McDonald and what he's been able to do with this leadership and the likes of Pat Cummins. How how important, in your eyes, is is a good coach in bringing the the best out of the a talented squad?
4: It's critical. the The team environment is absolutely critical around allowing the players to feel comfortable and not have to rebel against the system to be the very best uh, version of themselves. They shouldn't have to rebel against the system to be someone like Mitch Marsh or Travis Head, who just come out have come out and been able to just take the game on and let their natural instincts just come out every ball that they face. Um, I've seen it in many different team environments I've been in. It's just everything's so suffocated that people feel like, oh, if I, take, if I actually play the way I want to play, then – I'm going against what the coach is telling me, and that's when you do certainly um, you're not at your best and you have a lot of downtime. So the team environment is absolutely critical to be able to just allow people to be their confident best and have no fear of failure because we all know that when we're at our very best, we've got no fear of failure at all that ever comes into our consciousness. So that's the environment needs to continue to create that fearless mindset, and when that's there, then you're able to see – like. Incredible, incredibly consistent performances from individuals, then obviously that has a huge outcome on the result.
1: Well, get your hands on the book. It's Shane Watson, Winning Mindset, available at all good bookstores. Great show, fellas. Great show, boys. Top show, boys. See you tomorrow. Enjoy the cricket. Enjoy the cricket tomorrow in Canberra. Absolutely. Look forward to that. See you, boys. See everyone.
3: Have a good
5: one. The Rush Hour with Gus, Jude, and Wendell weekdays from four on Triple M.